What's wrong with Django? Django the web framework is doing pretty well. It's a stable, popular piece of software. Django the open source project is okay right now, but there are some things that need to be solved. The biggest issue is one that the most large open source project run into sooner or later. Difficulty in recruiting and retaining enough active contributors. Some of the biggest open source projects doesn't this by having effectively corporate sponsorship of contributors. Companies which rely on software also have employees whose job at least in part involve helping to maintain it. I suppose this was true for Django in its very earliest days, since it was open sourced by the company where it was developed and several key contributors were on staff there for some time afterward, but it hasn't really worked out as long-term plan. Which means Django is dependent on the goodwill of people who mostly don't get paid to work on it. Those are in short supply to begin with and it has been even more of a problem in recent years as Django has become sort of victim of its own success. The types of easy bug fixes and small features that often are the path to growing new commuters have mostly been done already in Django. This doesn't mean Django is terrible shape right now, but it does mean Django at risk of being badly off in the future. For some time now, the project has now managed to bring in new commuters at a sufficient rate to replace those who've become less active or even entirely inactive. And that's not sustainable for much longer. On top of that, Django hasn't done a great job of drawing contributors from across its entire user base. Django itself is popular around the world and thanks to various free workshop and curricula, it's a common first introduction to software development for body encoders in the developing world, as well as a frequent introduction to programmer for many women who decide to start careers in tech. Yet the current roster of active commuters is not at all reflective of that. Only a handful of women have ever been significant technical contributors to Gen, let alone commuters, and none of them are presently active while the current roster of active commuters appears to be entirely drawn from Europe, North America and Australia. That's a strong sign the project is not doing a good job of turning developers who work with Django into developers who work on Django. Drawing contributions from the entire population of Django users is a necessity for the project's long-term survival and also vital for avoiding the sort of problems to which a monoculture team is susceptible. Something needs to change, this is why this proposal exists. I'm describing here is an attempt to move that forward from discussion into real action. It's not a panacea and it's not going to solve all of Django's problems overnight, but I believe it's a necessary first step toward being able to solve them. To understand what is being proposed, though, it's useful to understand some of the history of roles and governance in Django. As it's been run up now. In the beginning, Adrian, Jacob, Simon and Wilson developed some tooling for their employer, a newspaper, to make it easier to build web application quickly. They got permission to release it open source under the BSD license, named it Django, and then it to the public. Its contributions started rolling in from the community, but they granted commit rights to a few more people. And the first governance structure coalesced. Adrian and Jacob 
were BDFLs, Benevolent Dictators for Life, borrowing Guido and Rossum's title from the Python language. And there were also committers who called heads or modified code in Django Arwell, and who helped drive review and merge contribution from the broader community. In 1914, Adrian and Jacob announced their intention to retire from the BDFL roles. This didn't significantly change Django's governance, since they had rarely been called on to exercise their decision-making powers, but as a deadlock avoidance measure, they were replaced by a new group, the Django Technical Board. The Technical Board is made up of committers, elected by the committers, once for each release cycle. The technical board fills the role BDFLs used to service as final tiebreaker and decision maker, and has meta power, which it has never exercised, over adding new committers to Django, the journal world originally on the Django, in the sense of being the holder of the trademarks and the copyright of the first publicity released code. Contributors to Django own their own contributions and agree to license those contributions for use in Django. The journal world only owned the original code, but being owned by a for-profit company is an awkward situation for an open-source project. So, the journal world helped to form 901, the Django Software Foundation, which contact as the step forward and owner of the Django intellectual property assets. The DSF also engages in fundraising and uses those funds to sponsor Django-related events around the world, as well as to advance the state of Django itself. Finally, in 1914, the DSF established a position of Django Fellow. The Django Fellows are contractors who are paid to help with the day-to-day -day maintenance and running of the Django open-source project. They drive stickers, review pull requests, make and publish the release packages, answer questions on mailing lists, and do many other vital things within the project. And, for sake of disclosure and background, I know all this, and I am making this podcast, which is based on the proposal because I wear and have worn quite a lot of hats within the Django project and the broader community. Among those, I have a commit bit since 2007. I've been on the technical board for five releases, and I've been on the board of directors of the Django Software Foundation for the past three years. The proposal, and I know I can finally get to explain what's being proposed. Keep in mind, this is a high-level summary and omits many details. If you want the entire proposal, read the Django Enhancement Proposal. In theory, the current governance model of Django, the open-source project, is that anyone can propose a change or submit a path. All decisions about what goes into Django are made by the committers, which the technical board as a backstop. Committers can make basically any changes they like to Django and are accountable only to each other and to the technical board. In reality, very few committers actually use their commit bits. Decisions are made by consensus involving input from committers and non-committers on the Django developers list, and most actual commits to the main Django repository are made by fellows. 
even people who have common bits of their own, and therefore the right to just push their change straight into junk, typically use pull requests and solicit discussion. And many committers, there are around 40, are inactive. At the same time, though, being a Django committer, core developer, Django core, or whatever you choose to call it, it's still seen as high prestige title. And committers are given a lot of deference by the wider community, given that the actual day-to-day governance rarely relies on the committers having any sort of special power of prestige. This is a problem, especially because it seems to create impression among potential contributors that they are not good enough to match up those awe-inspiring titanic beings. Please not sarcasm, I am not anything close to awe-inspiring. So what I have proposed is the dissolution of Chunk Core and the revocation of almost all commit bits. They are mostly unused anyway. In place of the committers, two roles will be formalized. Merges and releasers, who will respectfully merge pull requests into Django and package published release. But rather than being all powerful decision makers, those will be bureaucratic roles. No single person will have the authority to write up code and push it into Django on their own. The initial set of mergers will be the current set of fellows, and something similar will happen for releasers. In place of the, in theory, committers making decision, governance will take place entirely in public on the Django developers mailing list, with anyone who wants to participate in good faith free to do so, including voting in favor of or against any controversial change. This already basically is the way things work. As a final tiebreaker, the technical board won't be retained and will have some extra decision-making power it doesn't currently possess, mostly around participation in the selection of the merger, releaser roles as necessary, and confirming that new versions of Django are ready for release. The board will be elected less often than it currently is, probably once per major release series rather than once per minor release. But given that the technical port already has now turnover, that doesn't seem like it'd be a problem. Voting for the technical board holds, as with other aspects of Django's governance, be open to people who engage in good faith on the Django developers list. Goals and rationales Removing the distinction between godlike committers and plebeian ordinary contributors will, I hope, help to make the project feel more open especially by making the act of committing code the Django into a bureaucratic task and making all voices equal on the Django developer's mailing list. By itself, this won't solve the issue of recruiting enough new contributors or the lack of diversity among them, but I think it will put us on much better footing to tackle those problems. Preserving the technical board as backstop for resolving deadlock decision is probably a necessity giving it a little bit more authority than it currently possesses, such as issuing the final go-ahead on release, is not ideal, but I think it will help. Involving the DSF in an oversight role for technical board elections is a practical matter, so one needs to do that. And the DSF is the best fit for a neutral entity that nonetheless cares about Chang's long-term survival. In fact, that's legally one of the purpose of the DSF existence, and given it a broad power to monitor the water rolls through as a court against scrolls. 
or stuffers and other malcontents, though I still worry about them. Finally, I think this will bring the formal description of Jenga's governance much more in the line with the reality of how the project actually works and has worked for the past several years, which is always nice. Next steps. Jenga core team has to vote on the proposal. Changes to the organization and governance of Jenga in the open source project require a four-fifths majority of the pass. The Jenga Technical Board, which has absolute veto power over changes to organization and governance, has to consider the proposal and not veto it. The Jenga Software Foundation has to consider the proposal and its board of directors has to vote to accept the DSF's role in the new governance structure and to provide any necessary resources. Finally, the proposal will have to be implemented, which will involve closing the current Django Core mailing list and Django Core ERC channel, revoking a bunch of commit bits and other permissions, and setting up the new governance processes, all of which will, of course, take time. But my hope is that by the middle of the next year, Django can be operating under this governance structure and better able to tackle the remaining issues. The article from November 2018. I see the stars and the planets too.